Hey, it's Bob Stoffer. I just wanted to let you know that you can listen to Oilers Now ad-free on Amazon Music, included with Prime. Love is blooming in the Okanagan Valley. And little Okanagan Okie, you're all mine. I don't care if all the world might think I'm Okie. When I'm strolling in the moonlight on the trail. Stop and Tom Connors to open today's show. Welcome, everybody. Bob Stoffer, Cam Moon joining you today from the South Okanagan Event Center back at the 630 Chad Studios. Special thanks to Brendan Escott, who uh, filled in for us on Tuesday and Wednesday. We had the Oilers uh, Media Golf Tournament on Tuesday and yesterday made our uh, way into uh, the Okanagan, where the Edmonton Oilers will have four first-round draft choices, and tomorrow we'll take on the Winnipeg Jets rookies, Saturday night against the Flames rookies, Monday against the Canucks rookies as we re-engage in uh, the Young Stars tournament. So we're thrilled to be here and we got a busy active show for you uh, today. Coming up on today's edition of Oilers Now, which of course is brought to you by Digitex. Buy or lease your next network office printer from the Digitex.ca e-commerce store. Alberta's only number one owned and operated place to buy office IT and supplies. Uh, Mooner's going to swing in early in the first uh, half hour. We'll hear from Brendan Escott as well. We'll tell you, 1235 Edmonton Oilers head coach Jay Woodcroft has made the trip. Uh, he will be here uh, for a segment. Uh, Dennis Laliberti from New West Travel to announce an Oilers Now road trip coming up. You're going to want to be a part of it. It's going to be a kicker. And at 135, to get more specific into the actual prospect center in this tournament, Oilers Director of Amateur Scouting, uh, Director of Player Personnel, Tyler Wright. We will tell you, here's how you get hold of us. You can reach us on the River Cree Resort Casino Hotline, 780-496-0063. Stay charged up this fall. You can bring your player's card to the venue at the River Cree and get a free River Cree portable charger. For more information, visit theriverkreeresort.com. And you can text us on the Ashley Fine Floors text line as well. Get the new floors you've always wanted at 143rd Street, 111th Avenue, or head to ashleyfinefloors.com for more information. We're on Twitter. At Oilers Now, you can tweet me personally, Bob underscore Stoffer. Tweet Brendan Escott, at Brendan with two E's, Escott with two T's. Cam Moon, he's not on Twitter. Uh, we will tell you that our top story is presented daily on this show by Legacy Heating and Cooling. Whether it's heating or cooling you need, get it with no payments, no interest for a year. That's how you build a Legacy Legacy Heating and Cooling. Four first-round draft choices for the Edmonton Oilers uh, to participate in this year's Young Stars Tournament. Good chance we'll see Dylan Holloway potentially on the same line with Xavier Borgo. Holloway was the Oilers' Uh, first rounder, 14th overall in 2020, uh, wrist surgery last year, got into 33 games, had 22 points in the American Hockey League. Borgo was the Oilers' first rounder, 22nd overall in 21, played on the World Junior Team last year. They got canceled, but finished with 36 goals and 75 points in 43 regular season games, added 12 goals and 22 points in 16 playoff games. Um, a third first-round pick, Reed Schaefer out of the Seattle Thunderbirds, possibly on a line with uh, Carter Savoy. I could see Petrov playing with Noel Philp at this tournament. Petrov, a sixth-round pick that uh, impressed last year with a 40-goal, 90-point season in the OHL. Philip Broberg, first-round pick. 
uh, eighth overall in 2019. He is, let's just say the body composition has changed for him. He looks terrific. He got into uh, 30 games last year in the A, played a bunch of games for the Oilers as well in the National Hockey League. Edmonton's going to have some experience in this event. Uh, by my count, a total of nine players with AHL experience, including four defensemen. So a lot of the focus will be on the four first-rounders, Broberg, along with Holloway and Bargo and Schaefer. Ryan Fanti signed as a goaltender that the Oilers organization liked for his combination of size, mobility, and competitiveness. And a couple guys that uh, I threw out there via Twitter that you might want to keep an eye on if you end up watching the games. They'll be available on EdmontonOilers.com. And that's defenseman Max Warner, Maximus Warner, seventh-round pick out of Moose Jaw in 2021. Probably has improved the most of any Oilers prospect over the last calendar year. Uh, this is a big body that is mobile and plays physical, and he is a six foot three right shot. And then Jake Chason, a six foot two hundred ninety pound right wing that suffered a dislocated shoulder early in the rookie camp last year when the Oilers only played the Flames rookies, uh, missed a large portion of the year. Uh, but ended up with 18 points in 20 games and was invited to Team Canada's World Junior Selection Camp. So two names for you outside of the number ones. All eyes, all focus, though, Dylan Holloway uh, and Philip Broberg. Ken Holland saying on our show, Oilers Now, about six weeks ago that it comes down to this. Basically, Philip Broberg needs to play his way off the team through preseason. Dylan Holloway will need to play his way onto the team. If he's going to be on the team, he's going to be in the lineup. He's not going to make the team as a 13th or 14th forward. So we go to the Oilers Now Audio Vault for direct work. We're specialized to work with your business, outfit your crew from head to toe at Edmonton and Fort McMurray. And here is Dylan Holloway, his thoughts on looking back a year ago. You know, I feel a lot better this year. Obviously, it was a long road, and I know at times it felt like it wasn't going to end, but I'm just really happy that I'm healthy and able to participate in camp this year. Holloway, uh, as we mentioned, uh, basically went down and uh, played 33 regular season four playoff games for the Bakersfield Condors, and he had this to say on what he learned in the American Hockey League. I feel like every every step you take is kind of a kind of a jump. Like NCAA to AHL plays, definitely a big jump in like pace and everything. And then same thing for the AHL to the NHL. Um, but I was getting really really confident in my ability at the end of the year there. Um, the rest is feeling good. I was feeling like I can make plays, generate offense, and then I'm um, just hoping that translates to the NHL level. Holloway added some additional thoughts uh, on uh, his wrist injury. Feeling really good. Um, obviously, the wrist there is kind of a hard injury to overcome, but like, right now it's a lot better. Like, I don't even have to tape it to go on the ice. I can shoot. Um, I can pass. I can do everything I did before. So I'm feeling really good and feeling good on the ice. And uh, Dylan Holloway added these additional comments of being around camp and the team. It's important that these guys come in. I, I think that some guys have helped their cause already. I'd say Dylan Holloway, Noah Philp in particular are two players that I've received some feedback on. And here's uh, Holloway's thoughts on being in town early and around camp and the team. Just being around like Connor and Leon during the playoffs, you, you realize like no matter how their bodies feel and how tired they are, they always bring it for every game. Um, I think that's honestly like a really big lesson because there, there is some games where you're tired or a little banged up, but they bring it every every single night. And um, I think that's definitely something to pick up from. And 
All right, so we'll have uh, lots of discussion uh, here from uh, the South Okanagan Events Centre. Bob Stoffer with you. Uh, we'd be remiss. I, I know, Brendan, you hosted the show on Tuesday and Wednesday, and we're going to bring you into the conversation at this time. And you asked me about Jake Vertanen, and we provided a couple different scenarios, and you tweeted it out. We got a fair amount of feedback on that, didn't we? Yeah, we certainly did, and on the text line as well. And a lot of people on both sides of the argument, whether they would or wouldn't take a risk on the player. Yeah, so basically my understanding, Kevin Epps, the representative for uh, Jake Vertanen, and uh, certainly I will tell you right now, Oilers management met with Jake. Uh, Oilers had uh, people in hockey operations go out and watch him skate in Kelowna at 8 a.m. to see how he was doing, how he's, he'd not, you know, did not go, the last two years have not gone well for Vertanen. Uh it is my belief that the Calgary Flames are in there pitching pretty hard as well. And Jake Vertanen played his junior hockey with the Calgary Hitmen and might be more comfortable uh, there. At this time, if I, I would be shading towards uh, Vertanen being unlikely uh, to end up in Edmonton. But never say never. These situations are fluid on a PTO. I would, the orders are going to... I would suggest you they're going to have at least one player with significant NHL experience in on a PTO. That's inevitable that that's going to happen. And you can make an argument that they could add uh, something on the right side. So whether that's right shot forward or right side defense, time will tell in that regard. Um, but this is the season where lots of guys get PTOs. Organizations are tight. The Oilers, as an example, uh, probably couldn't sign a guy in on a PTO at 800 plus. It probably that's they're down to tens of thousands in terms of the cap space. So just keep an eye on that, and we'll see what transpires between now and next Wednesday. So. Um, we're going to do this at this time. We're going to take a quick timeout. It is currently 12-16 in Edmonton, uh, and we will come back with NHL today, and then we're going to bring in Cam Moon. You're listening to Oilers Now, live on location from the South Okanagan Event Center at the Young Stars Tournament in Penticton, British Columbia. Welcome back, everybody. Bob Stopper joining you live from Penticton, British Columbia. And I'm pleased to be joined right now by one of the Oilers, two radio play-by-play voices, Cam Moon, who's doing uh, your double-dipping today, Cam. You're going to do two separate hits. And oh, by the way, uh, for the purposes of our, our listeners out there, we didn't need to travel an engineer because, uh, you know, you, you you did a lot of these road games. You did 2,200, what, 22 years worth of road games by yourself? Yeah, pretty much. So I've, uh, I've had to do the... Uh, problem solving when it comes to getting on the road setting up and then all of a sudden you're like uh we've got no broadcast <laughs> so you've got to figure yeah. something out but hey this this wasn't too bad today this wasn't now this is the home unit that i had that we transferred on the road but we had a a little minor inconsistency with one of the returns of one of the headsets those sort of things happen hey we figured it out uh, how many times did you get knocked off the air over the years oh, when you were doing the rebels well uh there was a few i i remember we had the first game back in the saddle dome after the flood and we go back upstairs i go to set everything up and try it out well they hadn't returned phone lines or internet lines to the broadcast booth yet oh wow <laughs> so i did that entire game on a cell phone so 
uh, as you know, did the Golden Bears for 13 yeah. years, and there were some tough days there, let me tell you. It's not like well, yeah. we would be in, so we're talking like the late 1980s. Yeah. We'd, we'd be like in Regina at Sherwood Twin Arenas. That's where yeah. the Regina Cougars used to play. And uh, we'd gone to this new finagled self, cell cast unit. The only problem was it had like an aluminum roof and was oh, not no. penetrated. Yeah. So I had to go right into the corner of the facility and hang the equipment outside the building. And it's like a minus 27 weekend in in, uh, in, in Regina. And then it got worse because the, the Cougars just destroyed. It was at the height of Bill Lisk, which is coaching run. Bill was an assistant coach to Bill Moores with the Regina Pats when Stu Grimson yes, played with yes, the Pats. Yes, yes, And they had like... Lenny Nielsen, 135-point yep. score. Uh, they had Troy uh, uh, Edwards. Troy Edwards. Oh, yeah, he was right? a good player. Good player. Yep. Gary Dickey was a big Yeah, I remember uh, him. Dana, one, one of the McKechnies, either Derek okay. They had a lot of high NW. Bart Cote, who was an Oilers uh, pick back. Like, pretty and good, a beauty. And yeah. beauty. They had some pretty <laughs> good players. And they just pounded the bear, and I was not play, you know eight oh. two and nine three, and then the bears went back and beat him in the in the conference final. Okay, right that's there. good. Otherwise, but, you'd have been surly. Oh, I got yeah. coached straight too. <laughs> real good, real good. In <laughs> uh, the first, they're up. The bears had won game one of the series in the conference final. It's game two. He's my guest during the first intermission. We got our cell cast situation straight around in that barn by that point. And so it's one nothing in game two, and I look at Coach Drake, and I go, hey, the Bears got Regina right where they want him here. And he's like, Mr. Stoffer. And he's just <laughs> you can't ever be too cocky. All right. So here we are, uh, live in location, looking for fun. You gotta, you've been studying the rosters for oh. these respective teams. We're going to get into more specifics yeah. on on maybe some of the other kids, but just a thought on who you're keeping an eye on from an Oilers perspective here. Uh, well, from the Oilers perspective, and, and you definitely touched on it with the with the first round picks. I really want to see where Xavier Borgo is now, as opposed to you know what we saw at the end of the or at the beginning of the preseason last year. And I thought he played really well, showed well, and then had an, an amazing year in the Quebec Major Junior League, wins a championship in his league, gets to the Memorial Cup, had a very long year, uh, doesn't play in the World Juniors. Opted out of the World yeah, Juniors. Can hardly blame him after playing that long a season and wants to be ready to, to get into his first year pro. So I, I want to see where he is a year later and what he looks like. I want to see what Reed Schaefer looks like as a first-round pick uh, coming off a very good season uh, with the Seattle Thunderbirds and, you know, extremely likely to go back to Seattle for one more year of junior. How does he fit in with guys that have played pro here for a while, some guys that have played in Bakersfield, and how he looks against the opposition of players that have played in the American Hockey League. So so to me, those are interesting, interesting storylines. And Noah Philp. We were able to watch him last year with the University of Alberta Golden Bears. That was an amazing team. Uh, Ian Herbers, the coaching staff, did a great job. Stan Marple, GM. Uh, and watching him play that, that physically imposing style of taking it to the net, has a good shot, big body, right shot, coming out uh, of the U Sports league to this and i know he played some games in the american league at the end of last year but you know really stepping into a a first year pro at the development camp i really noticed him 
And and to me, that bodes well. And now how does he do here in a rookie tournament? So those, to me, are, are very interesting storylines. And as you know, I do defer to goaltending at times. Uh, Ryan Fanti, uh, after playing NCAA, I know he, he got a game in at the American League level last year, but this would be like first-year pro. And where does he fit in as well? So to me, those are all incredibly interesting. Well, Edmonton was blessed to have won the lottery not once but twice. They won the lottery in 2014 when Settle was there at three and Buffalo drafted five Europeans with uh, first-round picks in the previous four years, so elected to pass on Leon and took Sam Reinhardt, who's a good player, but he ain't Settle. And then, of course, they won in 2015. Uh, but now they need to support yeah. players further down the lineup. And one way to support them is by moving picks to, to bring players in. Look at the deal for Kulak, right? They gave up a second-round pick, ultimately signed him, got him, got a... Uh, but the other... The other way to do it is is you've got to find players wherever you can. So no, Philp is one of those guys who you know right now the team doesn't have a long term center that's a six foot three right shot. Like if he dedicates himself to being in the faceoff circle and PKing, he's big enough and strong enough where he he might have a chance to have an NHL career, which nobody thought was possible, but maybe three or four years ago. And that, you know, again, there's going to be a lot of focus, Cam, on, on the four first-rounders Edmonton has here. Calgary always, and we're going to talk a bit more about the, the other teams at at, uh, at 105 Edmonton time. Calgary's always, they're a very competitive organization. They, they fight in the margins, and they don't quit, which is evidenced by how Brad yep. Trailerman handled the situation after the Diderot-Kachuk things went down. But I know in Edmonton's case, battling in the margins is, is going to help make, and, you, and they've got a couple guys in, in Warner uh, and Chase on who need, they need to be signed, right? Yep. At, at the end of this year. And those guys, the fourth and seventh round picks, bigger bodies, have some ability. I, I, I realize everyone's focused on the four first rounders. Then you have the older guys like Kemp and Philp, you know, 24 for Philp, 23 for Kemp. But I'm also going to be very intrigued to see where Warner and Chase on are at relative to the other kids at the same age in this tournament. Yeah, and you want. When you talk about it battling in the margins, you've got to hit on some later picks and maybe get a little bit lucky, too. And, and Max Warner may be one of those guys. Jake Chason may be one of those guys. Matvey Petrov may be one of those guys. So seeing where they are in their development, everybody goes at different rates. How far are they coming? Warner's come a long way. Two seasons ago when we had the COVID, I mean, he started that year. He was playing 18U, AAA in, in Moose Jaw. Yeah. Like, that that's a that's a quantum leap to where he is now and he is making those steps so we'll see where he is at this point yeah we're joined by cam moon so cam uh you know we're, a couple other guys we haven't mentioned carter savoy much and i watched him in the ncaa championships and without and development camp we saw him there yeah yeah and i it's funny he kind when you see him play i and i hate doing this because people that you compared him to this guy but when you watch brett hall play you couldn't figure out how the hell he could score as much as he did except the moment the puck was on a stick you knew yes and it wasn't that he had the hardest shot it was that he had the most effective it was like watching dan marino throw a football marino had a, a great quick delivery and in the case of Savoy, he gets the shot off in a hurry it's a big time shot and he's got a big time shot so there's another guy like if, if Edmonton can hit on one of Savoy or Petrov as a possible top six, top nine forward within the next couple of years, 
Then you're filling internally, yeah. right? And and you're supporting. And they've, I mean, it, this is the best base the Oilers have had to work with forward-wise. I'm in year 15. This is the best group of forwards they've had the 15 years. But they still need guys pushing. So they need first-rounders like Borgo and Schaefer pushing down the road. But they also need one of Savoy or Petrov to break through and possibly a surprise like a guy like Philp. And if you get some of those guys coming in on ELCs, it's game-changers for your organization. Changes everything, and that's what successful organizations do. They, they hit outside that first round whether it be a free agent signing or late draft pick and maybe you get a little bit a little bit lucky too but that makes it, it changes everything if you do three first rounders here from the jets two first rounders from the flames no first rounders from vancouver in fairness uh, one of the guys in the last four years played a fair amount of games yeah. last year uh, pulled goals and very quickly tease us who do you think is going to be the best of those teams of the three that aren't Edmonton? Yes. Is that what you're saying? I'm not saying Edmonton has the best team. I'm just saying who do you think's got the best team on paper? Probably Calgary. That's what I think. Yeah. Probably Calgary. They they do a good job. All right. We'll talk about some of the other kids that are going to be here uh, coming up. Uh, you don't have to race down. He's not here yet. Uh, Jay Woodcroft will be joining us in and around uh, 1240 Edmonton time. It's a longer walk than you think from the hotel. That's, all I'm going to tell you is when I started the walk, I was 248. And I'm currently 244 pounds. Off to a uh, – it is a uh, – what, what day is it today? Anyways, it's a Thursday. Off to a global news weather traffic update with Evan Cook. And uh, we'll have NHL today for Elite Promotional Marketing. Then we'll get to our conversation with Oilers head coach, Jay Woodcroft. You're listening to Oilers now. Team Auction Sales Line.